Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, who is walking the streets of Milwaukee, the championship streets of Milwaukee, Frank Madden. He's, uh, he's got the AirPods in. He's out on the loose. People are chanting Bucks in six to him. There's, there's people going crazy. I see there's people climbing light poles. There's all sorts of shit going on right now. Uh, and this podcast as Frank is live on the streets, is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me later on this weekend. You can get in on the action. Frank, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA fucking champions. You know, I was, I was holding it together for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just to kind of hear that, uh, this has been a really emotional day for me. I think it was for a lot of people. And um, I'm sitting here. I found a little quiet here in the parking lot. Let's park. If you hear if you if you don't like the audio quality of this podcast, I could not care less. By the way, I couldn't care less. Uh, that's that's just what you're gonna have to deal with. But um, you know, I, I, as people know, I, I bought tickets for this game. I haven't seen the Bucks in person, you know, since whatever it is, 18 months, and um, it was really important for me that I come with my dad, who bought me season tickets in 1992, and you know, he he sparked the love of the Bucks that. <laughs> irrationally perhaps have carried for almost 30 years now and um to to be with my dad in the arena tonight to fulfill the bucks and six prophecy to do it 50 years after this franchise's only championship and for Giannis to drop i don't know kane the greatest closeout performance <laughs> in nba history in finals history i don't know yeah screw it let's go with that I, I can't. I, I really can't even like. I can't even describe how meaningful this is to me. And um, you know, I think, I think when I got really emotional, it it's because of you know, starting with the relationship with my dad, the friendships I built with people like you and you know Eric Mitchell, all of our friends that come on this podcast, and the people on Twitter and the readers from Brew Hoop, all everyone that I that I got to know people I'm going to see in a short little bit. I'm going to be hugging so many people tonight and so many people that I would never know. Um, if not for the fact that I, I latched onto this mediocre basketball team 30 years ago and it has been a rough ride for most of us since then. But, um, I, it's just unbelievable. I, you know, with, with, with whatever it was like 25, 18 seconds left where when they're fouling and you, when, you know, you realize that, well, they just have to foul and, Bucks are going to win the world championship. I mean, I just started tearing up, and I just couldn't. Uh, I just couldn't control my emotions. You know, just it still just feels like a dream for all this, for all those things to happen in the way it happened for Giannis to do what he did. I mean, the Bucks just again—they didn't make it easy. 
<laughs> when they go down after that great first quarter. It's like, oh, God, guys, can you just please take it easy on us? But um, just a historic night. And, I mean, I, I, I can't really compare what this feeling is to anything else I felt in my life. I mean, you know, the day you get married, the day of your first child, those are, you know, the untouchable moments of your life. Um, but in the everything else category, nothing will, I don't think, ever compare to this for me. This is, this is just unbelievable, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way. Yeah, I was, I've been getting a lot of DMs and messages, as I, I think a lot of people have. And when this game was, like, winding down, there was basically every single timeout. I think there was a timeout with about 4.53 left, and there was a timeout with just over three minutes left, and then there was a timeout in the last minute. And I'm over here watching the game by myself, on the couch and basically every time there's a stoppage I had to like get up walk to the bathroom compose myself because I I think for the most part throughout this playoff run certainly there was enjoyment after wins but I never really allowed myself to think that they were going to win the championship and then when it got so close I was like well we've watched this team for so long I think we know I I didn't believe that it was going to end that way so um yeah, it was. I think for everyone, I'm sure you weren't the only one that was getting emotional. I certainly was, and I was just messaging someone before, and I said, "I'm pretty sure Frank will get to me when we do this podcast." And I, I think you absolutely have. And I love the fact that you were there with your dad, and Giannis was emotional after the after the the game as well. I mean, there was just so many things happened, but I think the the way that this game played out, and the fact that Milwaukee needed Giannis to be the guy, and we, we had the conversation during the Miami series, Frank, about Giannis, and we're like, well, he, he has to, there's things that he's going to have to continue to develop. Is he going to be able to be the guy that can dominate throughout a postseason run? And this level of play we've seen from Giannis over the last month, six weeks, when you include the injury on top of that and add that to the story, it, it is a, a, just an unbelievable postseason run from him for all the criticism that he gets, for all the bullshit that we hear about Giannis and, and you, can, you can hear and you can see everyone backtracking so fucking quickly right now about all their comments about Giannis and what he can't do. Well, he shut them all up. He shut them all up this entire finals and he shut them all up when the championship was on the line tonight. And it wasn't lost on me, Frank, that Giannis went 17 for 19 from the free throw line uh, when you were in the building. Uh, of course, of course, that was going to be the way the Bucs were going to win a championship. What a performance, what a player, and what a person, really. Uh, it's just Giannis, what he's done for that city and then the way he feels about that city and the way he, he represents not only himself but his family. I, I, I can't imagine that there could be a more lovable superstar and to see him deliver in the biggest moment and really for, for long stretches of this game carry the entire team to an NBA championship. It just could not have ended in better fashion. All right, Frank, let's talk about Green Room now. There'll be a championship Green Room at some stage. Green Room is the first, first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Kane Pittman. You'll be notified when my room goes live. That's Green Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Uh, I can't remember if it was in our DM thread or 
I had a couple couple people I was texting with during the game and um, early in the third quarter, you know, I think we were just texting about how Giannis was just bringing it. And I said, you know, they probably need him to go for 50 tonight. And as that third quarter went on towards the end of it, I mean, you felt like he's going to go for 50, <laughs> you know, and there will probably need every last one of those points just the way the game was going. And um, I'm going to apologize and say my ability to analyze the tactics and X's yeah, and O's and all that, uh, I'm going to be a mess tonight. Um, you know, I, I, I think I, I feel like it was, though, a fitting end of this series that Devin Booker had a tough night. Chris Paul had some good moments, but, you know, ultimately, obviously, didn't have a signature Chris Paul game. And, you know, Drew Holiday starts one out of 11, finishes four for 19. Can you imagine if he had told us he was going to go four for 19 tonight? And even Chris Middleton with the foul trouble had that slow middle piece. But Chris, man, when he hit that kind of side, side angling mid-range jumper, I don't know how much time was left, a couple minutes, whatever it was, um, that it really felt like it was faded at that point. And what Giannis was doing, especially in that second half, the shot making from him, the shots he was putting in from, you know, seven to 10 feet. Um, aside from that, that three pointer with Frank Kaminsky guarding him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, what, what a, what a masterclass in just knowing that your team needs you to dominate you know, we talk about teams sometimes when, when you know, they, they sit around watching a superstar. Sometimes that's not a great idea. Sometimes it takes other guys out of the offense. Well, Drew was putting himself way too much into the offense for a while. There just some terrible shot selection. And, you know, <laughs> entering the third quarter, I was joking. I think I was texting with, with Steve Von Horton just said, you know, um, I think I think Ben Thompson, Steve Von Horn, we were all at the game tonight. We, were, we had a separate thread. And, and I said, you know, can you can you imagine that, you know, it's going to the third quarter and the only two people I trust right now are Giannis and Bobby Portis. <laughs> like, you know, there are a lot of parts of this game. It's just kind of strange. But um, Middleton kind of lived up to that closer role in the fourth quarter with, with you know, some big plays. And, again, Giannis just – he just kept delivering. And he just was not going to let them lose tonight. And it just felt like if he didn't put up 50, they were not winning this game. And, um, I mean, Giannis is untouchable now. I mean, anybody, anybody who wants to talk about – like this, this guy is 26 years old, and he has an untouchable legacy right now. His legacy is untouchable, guys. Two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Finals MVP, 35 points a game, one of the great finals performances in the history of the sport and a championship for a team that hasn't won in 50 years. And without him, God knows where they would be. Um, I, I, as you said, I just can't be happier for Giannis in particular. And, man, when I was watching the, tr the, the, you know, the, the trophy presentation, they kept flashing back to Chris Middleton holding – there's fireworks going off now, by the way uh, – <laughs> Chris Middleton clutching the NBA championship trophy. <laughs> Somebody please put that on a shirt. Please get me a shirt of Chris Middleton smiling as he clutches the MVP trophy. Not, not good enough to be a number two on a championship team. <laughs>
<laughs> I just, man, it's, it's just, you know, it all, just think of all the Twitter shit posting and hot taking message boards and all that crap that people have had to put up with and deal with, with this team. And I mean, for, for this team to answer the bell, uh, it's just, it's just so gratifying. As you said, I mean, um, you know, at the end of the day, these are highly paid athletes. You know, I don't know any of them personally, but I, you know, they're our team and they're the team of our community and so many people I love, like, you know, this is what brings us together. And that's why, um, you know, my wife likes to joke when the Bucks lose. She says, just remember sports don't matter, you know, and my wife is very smart because in the abstract, that's true. Sports don't matter really. A million things more important than sports, but <laughs> look at what happened to this city. Look at what happened to, you know, all of us Bucks fans, the emotions that we felt together, the ride that this has been, the exhausting ride this has been. I just wanted this series to end. I couldn't deal with any more tactical analysis, podcasts about what happened to Kvala. We needed this series to end and just win a damn championship. But um, it's such a beautiful thing. At the end of the day, you know, we, 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 don't talk, we don't talk about it that much. But I mean, the reason why I felt a lot of those emotions tonight was just the way that sports bring us together. And you know, the, the fact that I have gotten to talk to you, Kane, a ridiculous number of hours in the past couple of years, talking about this team, experiencing the highs and lows. I mean, that's, that's, it's just a beautiful thing about sports, the way it brings us together and for this city to be brought together, for Bucks fans all around the world to be brought together and go on this ride with this team and get invested in this team is just such a beautiful thing. And on nights like these, I mean, Sports, sports are everything. Sports matter so much. They show the best of, of I think what what we can be as just people and friends and all that. So I don't know. I'm 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 blathering and, and uh, I'm emotional. And I'm so happy. But um, you know, again, I just uh, this, this is just incredible, incredible night for me personally. And I hope everybody has been able to soak this up in the best way possible. And of course, I hope everybody's going to do it safely <laughs> the rest of the night. I don't see any. I don't see any violence. Uh, Kane, I, I did not see any people climbing flag, uh, light poles or anything like that. There's just a lot of very bad traffic. I would say that's the big, uh, the big problem so far for the city of Milwaukee, but, um, my God, I, I just, I just, I'm still kind of beside myself. But, I mean, how did you feel about the game? Cause going up 29, 16, that first quarter, I, I mean, the crowd was just, we were so ready to just have this turn into a blowout and give the Suns a ton of credit. Like they took the shot and much like game five, they kind of flipped it. I mean, again, it was, it was more about both teams sucking offensively than both teams being awesome, but they really put it to the Bucks and the Bucks had that big drought to start the second quarter. And man, God, it was just, it, that was really deflating, but um, it was 55 50, I think Phoenix early in the third. And, that's when Giannis, well, I mean, it's hard to say like Giannis decided to take over because he just sort of was taking over for most of the game, but they went on an 8-0 run and it, it took them a long while to really shake the Suns, which I think was a fitting way for this series to go, right? For this game to be really close and for the Bucks ultimately to prevail late, which has been sort of the story of the series. But um, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Because it was, it just, there were so many moments where it just felt like, man, they're just not going to make it easy. Just the shoot, the three-point shooting, again, just atrocious, really, for both teams, but especially for the Bucs. And it just felt like nothing was going to go down when you needed it. It just felt like 
Bucks couldn't get quite that separation. And so it was kind of ironic that, you know, they actually separated more in the final couple minutes. And it finally, that, I mean, the fact that it got quasi comfortable in the last minute was uh, very welcome. Cause I mean, you know, obviously I think everyone was on edge to a large extent. I mean, this game felt fitting of the Bucks championship run. It, it wasn't easy. It was, in many respects, a bit of a slugfest. I mean, th- these two teams were grinding it out. Neither team really wanted to create game-winning separation. Certainly the Bucks did in the first quarter, but the Suns quickly got back into it. And I, I was wondering if there was going to be another guy that could come along for the ride with Giannis. And I, I said, look, Giannis looks completely unstoppable now, but there's going to have to be another guy that will hit shots. You already mentioned Chris Middleton hit a couple big ones in the fourth quarter, which just, I mean, again... It, just endless times it, he's bailed this team out in the fourth quarter along with Giannis, who was dominant. But the two other guys that stand out, you already mentioned Bobby Portis. I mean, this guy is going to have a statue in the city of Milwaukee. I, I can't believe some of the shots he hit, and they were all timely. And the other guy that stands out to me during that third quarter stretch when the game was really in the balance was Brook Lopez. Now, he only finished with 10 points, but he went on a little stretch there where they needed him to score, and he was able to do it. And I just thought defensively, this game was was what the Bucs were all about this this postseason. I mean, you looked at the first quarter, the Bucs could hardly score. They basically didn't score in the second quarter, but they were able to stay afloat by scrambling defensively, by getting turnovers, by by hitting the glass and rebounding. They were they were up big in the rebounding count early in this game. And when you look at Middleton and you looked at Holiday and they were really struggling on the offensive end, both of those guys came up with four steals. And I, I don't think that you would have come into this game and believed that Milwaukee could possibly win if you only got 29 combined points from Chris Milton and Drew Holiday. And Pat Connaughton had a rare off-shooting night. He's been so hot throughout the NBA Finals. And then you got to this game and Connaughton was scoreless and 0 for 4 shooting. And some of those weren't great shots. But he still, again, picked up two offensive rebounds. I just thought that the little things that we've seen this Bucks team do over and over again, PJ Tucker as well, the things that have contributed to winning when this Bucks team overall has shot the ball awfully. I mean, we, we spoke about it coming into the finals. There was no reason, there was no way that the Bucs should be in the NBA finals with the way that they've, they've shot the ball. But it's because they've been able to lean on the little things. It's because they've played together. It's because they've scrapped defensively. And it hasn't always been perfect. It has not always been perfect. But in, when it mattered most in a game six on a night where the offense was really struggling, it came down to having the best player on the floor. And it came down to the little things and scrapping defensively. And this team, PJ Tucker said it, man. He said it. He said, we dogs. And, and this team is dogs. These, this team are dogs. And they did it time and time again when they needed to. They continuously pulled out scrappy wins that they probably shouldn't have got. And in the end, it led to an NBA championship. They were exhausted. They had absolutely nothing left in the tank. And they didn't need anything else because they got the job done. I just, I, I can't say enough about this team. It was just, it, it wasn't the perfect championship, but it was everything that you need if you want to get through a grueling postseason run. And this postseason run feels like it has gone on for fucking ever. I mean, it feels like it has been months and months and months of our lives discussing matchups, uh, adjustments, rotations, opposition players. It's been never ending. And, and I, 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 again, you, you said about the relationships that you make you know, covering th- this team or covering the league or being a fan, whatever it is, 
and it's true. It's exhaustive. I'm, I'm exhausted right now. And, uh, and you've continuously tried to make me cry during this podcast and you've done a pretty damn good job of it. But it, it's just special, man. It's special. This team is special. Like you said, we don't really know these guys. I've interacted with them, obviously, minimally. I'm on the other side of the fucking world, man. And, uh, and, it, and it's still this podcast and you being on the streets right now. There's fireworks going off. People are going crazy. And, and there's nothing else I would rather do than, than chat with you, man. It's built by time. Frank Madden championship built bars are being consumed all across wisconsin right now built bar is the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made there are so many delicious flavors of built bar there's something there for everyone when you talk to a built bar fan they are definitely passionate about their favorites i'm not sure which one is your favorite but if you don't know the built bar flavors you're simply missing out uh, if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors as well the bars are healthy for you as we know, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar as well. They're amazing. I, I, I can't speak about these bars enough. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at builtbar.com and then go across the rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain store auto parts to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and also in your pocket. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, I mean, Kane, let's not forget that on your, I think on your last birthday, you were wished happy birthday by not just a two-time MVP and a defensive player of the year, but now... NBA Finals MVP and NBA champion and unassailable all-time great in Giannis Adetokounmpo. So hey, you know, hey, you got you got you got that. But um, yeah, I, there were so many ebbs and flows to this game. I thought I, I was. Mo- I, I think the 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 most the, there were two really frustrating parts of this game for me. Um, obviously, the start of the second quarter where they score whatever you know five points in eight minutes or just something absurd, right? And just missing everything. Um, I thought they went away from Giannis more than they should. Um, you know, I don't know. He might have settled for a jumper or two in that, in that time frame. Um, and it just felt like, man, God, like this game was right there for the taking when you're up 29-16 um, with, with Bobby Portis and Giannis really leading the way in that first quarter. Um, and then the third quarter, I, you know, um, there were some definitely from, from in the building and watching some of the replays, it seemed like there were definitely some very questionable calls that went the direction. Uh, I saw some I wasn't footballing Twitter that closely, but it seemed like there were some, uh, you know, observations. Scott Foster was, uh, you know, making some "Don't blame me for this" calls, uh, so that people couldn't blame the Suns' loss on on him and his Chris Paul uh, relationship. Um, but you know, ultimately, the the fact that they got beaten into foul trouble and they get Frank Kaminsky on the floor 
And I think Kaminsky ended up being a net zero. So, you know, it wasn't really like they were positive with Kaminsky on the floor. But, um, you know, they really were not able to, to punish those Kaminsky minutes like you would think they would, like you hope they would. Um, and you, you just worried that one, with, with them kind of hanging even, because I think Chris Paul was on the bench a lot of that time too, and you kind of worried like, shit, you know, Booker's having a tough night. You got, you got forced them to go to Frank Kaminsky minutes, or I don't know, forced them, but, you know, Monty Williams went to <laughs> Frank Kaminsky. Um, and Kaminsky got loose on a couple pick and rolls. You know, he had like a strip, which I think I saw it was, I believe was a foul, but didn't get called on Giannis, whatever. Um, and they survived that, and you thought, man, you know, I, I, I commented to my dad at the end of the third quarter because they, they were up six. They had some chances to go up more. It ends up being tied, and you just think, shit. Tie game, Phoenix gets the ball to start the fourth quarter. I don't like how this is trending. And um, the fact that you also had Giannis resting to start the fourth quarter, which, like, also just made me nervous as hell. But, again, I think it was Portis. Um, was it – was it a small lineup with just Portis as the main big, like Portis and Tucker, I think, maybe at the start of the fourth quarter, which, you know, made me nervous as hell uh, again because it was just like I thought they're going to need Giannis to go the distance. But they managed to steal Giannis those few minutes of rest, and when he came back, obviously, you know, he didn't miss a beat. And, um, you know, the free throw shooting, it's funny. I mean, historically, Giannis has not – has not shot better at home than on the road. I think I was looking at it like a few weeks ago. He was like 71.6% at home, 71.8% on the road or something like that. Like it was like literally within like 0.02%. Um, and in the bubble last year, he was bad. There were no fans in the bubble. <laughs> he was really bad. Shooting. Um, so there often hasn't been much of a rhyme or reason, but he's obviously, he had two awesome free throw shooting games at home in this series. And, you know, it was funny because, that crowd at, at, at the way it was, the way that they, we could quiet down for Giannis free throws, which oftentimes I think maybe throws him off. But tonight, I mean, just incredible, incredible to deliver the way he did overall, but especially from the foul line, you know, the thing that has vexed him for so long and especially in playoff performances um, to do what he did. And then I think, you know, the, the, the funniest thing to me was, I think his, his first free throw bounced off the front rim and kind of eventually rolled in. And I have never heard, never will a first quarter free throw get as raucous a response as Giannis, you know, front rimming and in that first free throw he hit in this game. And I guess fitting, right? Because that ended up being so essential to the Bucks winning this championship. You mean, you think about it. Last game almost becomes, the storyline of last game almost was that Giannis blew that game. With his free throw shooting, that nearly was the storyline. And so for him to come back and essentially win a championship because the Suns could not stop him and he couldn't miss the foul line, I mean, what a beautiful way to tell his critics, you know, to shut up. And, you know, he wasn't taking 10 seconds. He's got his quicker routine. Uh, <laughs> I know, just a beautiful thing. And can we talk about Giannis's defense? Did he have five blocks tonight? Um, he... I mean, to do what he did offensively, to carry the load that he did offensively, and to play that level of defense as well. He, he got burned a couple times by, by guards, um, being at like campaign got him once, and I don't know if it was Booker or somebody else, but he got, he got beat a couple times in switches, guys getting to the rim. But the rim protection from him tonight 
was incredible. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he blocks shots, but you know, he's not like the Kembe Matumbo or something where he's getting like four or five, six blocks somewhat regularly. So for him to come through with just a massive rim protection night in a game where the Bucks needed to, you know, get as many stops as possible because of how poorly they were shooting. Um, I mean, that was, that was awesome. And, um, you know, I thought, I thought the defense was generally, I mean, it's kind of hard to complain much about the defense. I don't have all the numbers in front of me. Um, but, you know, again, how many, how many threes did Phoenix shoot? Like 20, low 20s, 23, something like that. Like they didn't shoot many threes. And, you know, they, they again, they kind of dictated where they were, where they were taking shots from. And Chris Paul had a bunch of shots. But, um, you know, you really contained the other guys. And that's a really good team. I mean, Phoenix is a really good team. We saw that, especially in those first two games. But, um, again, just the Bucks winning a championship with their defense and Giannis was um, a pretty awesome way to finish the series. I thought, I, I will say this, I thought, it was, I thought Zach Bill had a great point in his last podcast where he talked about how the Bucks were quietly winning the series with their offense because they were, even though they were missing lots of shots other than game five, um, you know, all the second chances, turnovers, and free throws, you know, they were still above, I believe, their, their, uh, their season offensive rating. And that was enough, even though Phoenix was also at a very high offensive rating. Um, so I think that, I thought that was a great point because it felt like the Bucks were playing good defense. But you look at the numbers overall, I mean, these teams were, were still scoring at a really high rate when obviously game five was sort of the peak of that. But for this game to be a real slug it out affair, not surprising, I would say, given what we know about these types of elimination games. Obviously, there's a possibility guys come out tight. I think, did both Middleton and Ron airball their first jump shots? I, there were two bad misses from them early, which kind of were maybe you know ominous uh, signs, especially through. But um, but for the Bucks, how, again, how many times during the regular season did the three point shooting that allowed become a talking point and people, you know, and I I get it, like people being concerned that hey they're not going to win a championship defending the three point land this way. That's how you can beat the Bucks. That's how you can beat their scheme. Just shoot a lot of threes. Like they they give up threes, and again, Phoenix doesn't shoot a ton of threes. But they shot even fewer in this series, and they made a lot of them at the end of the day, but they didn't make them tonight. And, you know, to win this game with the defense, slug it out affair where you just basically have Giannis put you on his back. Um, I don't know. It wasn't pretty, but in its own way, it's an absolutely beautiful way to, to win an NBA championship for this team. I, I couldn't agree anymore, Frank. It's... It's beautiful. It doesn't matter how it happened. They got it done, and it is beautiful. As we lose Frank, we've lost Frank. He's out on the streets of Milwaukee. I'm going to let him go now. We can wrap up this podcast. We're going to continue to bask in the glory of this championship uh, for the coming weeks, for the coming months. So there's plenty of time for Frank and myself to catch up there. Hopefully, he catches up with his dad and his friends and, and does what all Bucks fans should be doing tonight, and that's, that's having a damn good time and staying safe. But I do want to leave this podcast by just mentioning some of the stories and we're going to dive into these one after the other again in the next couple of weeks here. But obviously there's Giannis and we can talk about Giannis forever. We can talk about Chris Middleton and all the question marks that were over him. What about the Drew Holiday trade? And the Bucks went all in to get this guy. And it wasn't the perfect offensive postseason performance, but my God, it was close to perfect defensively. And he came up with key baskets when the Bucks needed them again. Brooke Lopez questioned all season long. He came back and had a monster playoffs again. 
and no one will ever forget the 33-point game five against Atlanta. The mid-season trade for P.J. Tucker and what he brought to this team and what he brought to the second-round series against Brooklyn defending Kevin Durant. And Pat Connaughton, remember the contract. No one's talking about the contract anymore. Bobby Portis, the free agent signing that we wondered all season long. Is he going to be playable in the postseason? What are we going to do with Bobby Portis? And it was rocky. It was roller coasters. It wasn't always perfect with Bobby, but my God, is he a legend in the city of Milwaukee now and a fan favorite. And he delivered in the biggest game this franchise has had in 50 years. And then everyone else. I mean, you can keep going down the list. The Nassus, what he brought to this team. And it's such a shame that he wasn't able to be with his family, to be with his teammates tonight in this game. But he is certainly not forgotten. Dante DiVincenzo with the injury. I certainly feel for him that he wasn't able to contribute on the court in this game, but he certainly did from the bench. We can just keep going and going and going down the list and talking about these guys. Incredible stories. Mike Budenholzer. This guy has been fired 18 times if the Bucks lose a single game. They didn't. They dug themselves out of every hole, and now he's an NBA championship coach. Incredible stories, incredible team, incredible resilience, and now they are all NBA champions as well. Like I said, uh, we are going to continue to talk about this for a long, long time. But as I wrap up this podcast, and again, <laughs> Frank dropped out there, but he knows we love him. But I just want to thank everyone that's come on the ride with us. You know, we do this show basically every single day and, and we love it and we love it. And, and seeing the amount of people that have jumped on board with us through this postseason run has been pretty incredible. I generally like to do this podcast and pretend that no one actually listens and it's just me talking with a great friend of mine, but it, it's, not, it's not the case. A lot of people do listen and, and I appreciate the support so much. It's, uh, I didn't think that it was going to end like this. I didn't think that we would get this result ever as long as I did this show. But to do it and to record this show and speak with Frank on the streets of Milwaukee is something that I'll never forget. And uh, I won't forget the, the shows that I've done with Justin and Camille and all the big names that we've had on this show across the way. Eric, he does great work and make sure you read Eric's work over the next few days with The Athletic, but the work that he did with this show as well. Uh, it, it's, all, it's all brilliant. We appreciate it. I certainly appreciate all you guys. And, uh, and just, you know, some of the messages I've got from you guys in the last couple of hours here is, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can tell. I've been a little bit shaky throughout this podcast. I don't think it was our cleanest episode, but it didn't matter. It was definitely our happiest. So we will leave it there uh, for Frank and myself. Please, please be safe out there. Enjoy the next couple of days. Enjoy the celebrations. And we'll speak to you guys next time.